Now I know. Now you know. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Nameless Podcast. It's still nameless because you, talking to you, you guys need to help us name this podcast. We got like two or three ideas. Some were good. Some were questionable. (laughs) So we need you guys to listen to this podcast and in the comments, send me a message, whatever it might be. Let me know your ideas for the name of this podcast. Until then, this is the Nameless Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Oh man, it's been a it's been a crazy week. Uh, besides being nameless, we also had some technical malfunctions last episode. Yeah. So, so if you listen to last last week's podcast, today is going to be incident free. Calling it incident free. Um, last week. We, we had some issues where uh, the computer died in the last like 20 minutes of the recording. So we left off with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Literally, we were on a cliff during the middle of the story where Jeremy and I were talking about um, an adventure that we had that went a little bit sideways on the top of Long's Peak. And uh, we were stuck in a tent at how high up? Would twelve thousand feet? Maybe that's what, that's what I remember. I think we were, I think we were a little bit higher. Twelve thousand five hundred, maybe thirteen. Yeah, you know. I don't, I don't remember because it was a, a, a flipping whiteout. <laughs> it was hard to. It was hard I to. Thought, I thought you were gonna say I don't remember because it was a week ago that we talked about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You guys said twelve thousand last week, but I think I remember you saying it was a little bit higher. Yeah, so. it it was it it was I, I'm gonna say it was probably thirteen something. But <clears throat> regardless, it, we were high up there. We were on a we were on a ridge line. It, it was a, a full on whiteout. We you know we. Looking around, there's a, one video of us like with with Travis's dead rabbit on his head uh, <laughs> video because he had this. Um, what are those things called? Uh, the balaclava. Yeah. The one on my face. Yeah. And then the dead rabbit on my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lucky hat. It's uh, what are those? What are those hats called? It's like the like the coonskin hat almost, or the rabbit skin hat. Yeah, with oh, the ear flaps. With the ear flaps, yeah. yeah it's like a bomber hat. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's like a fur bomber hat. Some people yeah. carry a rabbit's foot in their pocket. You just take the whole thing and put it on yeah, your head. Yeah, I, I, take, I take the whole rabbit. I need it, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, in the video, like, you can hardly see, like, our faces. It's so, like, it's coming down just ridiculous. And and wind is blowing, and Travis is like, uh, we don't know where we are, uh, but... Um, I've got a dead rabbit on my head, so <laughs> we're good to go. It really is. I mean, it's life and death kind of stuff. You know, it's like, hey, do we find a tent, find just a place to out. pitch our tent, or do we just die? You know, like, I, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll die today. Maybe we'll die tomorrow. Let's go. Uh, let's go pitch a tent. In whiteout conditions, just brutal. But luckily, got a baklava and a dead rabbit on my head, so we're ready to take on the world all right we're good to go (laughs) yeah so we threw up this tent uh we buckled down for the night and as as this as it just kept snowing it just got more peaceful right like the wind you couldn't hear it anymore because the the snow was like building up over the top of our tent um it was really just a surreal experience right yeah um because i like to be out there where nobody else is at you know you just feel a different connection like to the to to the earth right you know you're just like there's nobody else around there's no distractions right 
I know like there's like that famous guy Jimmy Chin, right? He's a photographer yeah. for National Geographic. Yeah, he like does like Alex guy. Honnold and those guys, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, he yeah. filmed uh, Free Solo. Yeah, that's yeah. where I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he was like, you know, the the more that I'm out there, I feel more connected to Mother Earth, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't feel like a connection to Earth, you know, to necessarily, uh, but like your surroundings, there's that kind of connection. It's more so, I think, personally, that like you just get more connected with, with, with God, right? Because you're out there, there's no distraction, there's no chirping in the ear going on. There's nothing that's, you, you really don't have any cell phone you know, service. Yeah. So it's just you. And, and, and obviously when I'm with Travis, I'm, it's just me and Travis. But without that distraction, all of a sudden like you can process things in your head that you just don't process when you're with other people because there's a distraction, you know? I think it's like, you know, I was like when, like when Moses, like when they talk about Moses in the Bible and when he went, went to see that burning bush, he was, he, they went to the, he, like it says, he went to the back of the desert. He wasn't just like out there beside, you know, like the sheep and like other people and stuff yeah. like that. He was like, I'm going to go to the back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going so far out there that we're going to call it like beyond the desert like yeah. the back of the oh, desert man. he was know? the first backcountry backpacking guy right there like yeah you yeah. just need to detach <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what i that's what i like about that uh but it just became more and more peaceful you know we cracked open a beer i think uh uh coca-cola as well yeah because <laughs> we've always bringing a coca-cola yeah. like along on those trips you just need the sugar and it tastes good like i'm semi-addicted I'm actually addicted. You're addicted to Coca-Cola. <laughs> but, uh, uh, cracked it open, just enjoyed the rest of that evening. You know, uh, it, it was it was super cool. And then the next morning, we had to dig ourselves out and, and got on undug. And we were like, we better get out of here because our friends don't know. <laughs> They're up here. We don't want somebody to call like Mountain Rescue and be like, hey, we've got uh, we've got some buddies and they're stuck. And we don't know where they're at. Yeah, mountain rescue is expensive too. And you have to foot the bill. Like if mountain rescue comes to rescue you, you have to pay for it. Yeah. And if you don't need it, that you're, you're probably there praying like, please oh. don't call, please. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I, I, didn't that happen to somebody like, like last summer too, where there was like a, a guy and a girl? Yeah. Like, yeah. They went out and they, they ended up staying for a day or so more and mountain rescues like, they show up like we got a call <laughs> yeah. to go rescue you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was either last year or the year before that. I think and it was like, the year they before. Had to okay. a huge bill, like, and it was just like, "Hey, we we got a call. No, nobody responded. You know, we we went out and searched for you. We found you." <laughs> what do they show up in? Do they usually? <laughs> oh, Blackhawks. They, you know, oh, they're flying yeah. helicopters. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, one time, Travis and I were coming back from Snowmass Lake coming up over the top of uh, a pass uh, near Aspen uh, called the Buckskin Pass, right? And uh, it was uh, maybe four years ago, five years ago. And uh, there was a guy who was hunting sheep up on uh, up on the Maroon Bells, right? And he was on this little, um, up by the crux. And um, he had shot a, a sheep and was, back, uh, was pulling it off the mountain. And he come across this little ledge and he fell like maybe I think it was like a hundred feet or something mm-hmm. like that and uh, spent the night on the mountain, right? Just boom. Couldn't move. Yeah. Sheep out him, like just all bloody and stuff like that. And some climbers found him and they were like, we need, we need to get, we need to get this guy off of, but we can't do it. Like, uh, 
the biggest thing about the bells isn't so much that it's super technical, but it is steep. If, okay. if you if you start to tumble, like I'm saying, you're tumbling like all the way down, right? Yeah. So how he stopped, I don't know. But anyways, uh, we get to the top of Buckskin Pass, and we're gonna like we're we're walking towards uh, the Broom Bells. And all of a sudden, we see a Blackhawk helicopter just come out of nowhere. Just, boom, 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 boom. And it, like, the dude's, like, super close. And we're like, there must there must have been an accident, right? You're like, we're both like, oh, my goodness. So we're hustling down the down this trail, trying to get closer to get a better angle. Better angle. And the Blackhawk literally comes out, and he, like, tries to land. And he, like, comes away, comes in, comes away, comes away. And then he looks like the guy's just, like, frustrated with the wind. And he, like plants the helicopter on the side of the bells <laughs> they like jump out they throw this guy in and then they take off or whatever and i think the guy lived didn't he live i think in that story he did there he, was another one similar uh, with the guy but they didn't oh. the mountain rescue didn't find him they, they took him yeah. like three days to be able to find him oh, yeah. no the, the sheep the sheep hunter guy he survived yeah wow yeah it was nuts you know how yeah. do you follow that and then spend the night yeah which has got to be just rough that's the worst you know? part in my head spending the night with broken limbs you just fell yeah. off a cliff and like, you don't know if you're going to survive or not yeah that, yeah nothing oh man you know? there's just you there's no cell phone there's nothing else it's just you planted in one spot like you can't go to the bathroom <laughs> you know you yeah, can't just, move around you can't go get something to eat it's just you and nothing that would be terrifying yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is not a way to go yeah no. exactly and i'm not afraid of many things but that's something like in my head like i'm afraid you of, just don't yeah. want to be stuck yeah yeah exactly with when helpless you know that'd yeah. be the, that'd be the t- yeah. really tough part but anyways yeah mountain rescue and you know i can't imagine what that bill would have cost and i think there's some like there's some like ways to get out of it like if you buy a like a fishing license and you get like the the habitat or like the state license that's the best one in colorado if you get a fishing license (laughs) you get free mountain rescue or what gives you gives you a discount on a you know once a year you can get saved free it's like a get out of jail free card and monopoly there you go yeah there's a uh, there's a mountaineering place in aspen called ute mountaineering and they literally sell like insurance so like if you need mountain rescue like you can get insurance and it's i don't remember what it's it's costs more than a fishing license though it like an in-state fishing license like to get just mountain rescue i think it's like five dollars or something like that i I don't know but it's it's something weird (laughs) we're 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 literally insuring ourselves so that if we get lost you know i i I look at travis because we've been out we've been away out there like if you go up to like conundrum and stuff like that like it's an 18 mile like jaunt or whatever right? yeah and uh like 18 miles is a hell of a long ways but yeah even at that like travis and i have never been like hey should we insure ourselves for this trip <laughs> right yeah well yeah. it's like usually the only time i get worried about getting myself out of the back country is in the winter yeah it's like I can see that it's like in the summertime you break a leg you can sprint it and or you can splint it and walk out of there you know it's uh it, it's it's gonna hurt it's not gonna be comfortable but you can do it in the winter time you snap your leg and you're, you're post holing through like six miles of waist deep snow that just sounds next to impossible to me oh man right i, I like the sprint thing I, I, if anybody would sprint with a broken leg to get out of there, it would be Travis. Travis would literally snap his leg and then you'd see him like running and I'd be like, 
where's he going? (laughs) (laughs) And my mentality, my mentality would be, I can either walk for 10 hours or I can run for five. I'm (laughs) running for five. (laughs) It's going to numb up. It's going to numb. And you just keep going. Yeah, it should be pretty funny. But. Let's uh, let's hope that we don't have to prove or disprove that theory ever. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. There's plenty more co- adventures coming your way. Yeah. So, but uh, hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not having to. Prove I don't know that. if we've ever gotten lost before. Oh, There's no. been a few times where we're navigating at night where it's questionable, but even in those scenarios, we wouldn't get lost to the point of no return. Oh, right. There was one time we were we were hiking out in the in the Elk Range, which is around Aspen, right? And uh, it was a dark out. We were looking for a campsite, and it's actually on like the four pass loop, uh, in in uh, like around the bells. And anyways, we were off of off of the trail. And we're looking for the trail and looking for this campsite. And we get to this like <laughs> crux in, the, in this trail, and there's literally like there's four options of where we could go. And what what name did it say? It was Dirk. 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 This way. Like it was scratched into the dirt. Written in the dirt. <laughs> Dirk. This way. And it was like an arrow. And we were like, oh, we're gonna go follow Dirk. <laughs> if it so was good did. enough for Dirk, it's good enough for us. Yeah. And we just followed it through the darkness. And then, like maybe ten minutes later, we got right to where we were supposed to be. And like, Dirk, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. Cool. What's funny is the next day. Then we went. We went and checked. Uh, we explored around. If we would have taken the other way, it would have taken us on the rest of Four Pass Loop, and we would have just been hiking for twenty miles. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That we was never... the same night that we got uh, stalked by coyotes. That oh, was yeah. that was wild. So we had a late start because Jeremy's transmission and his truck broke. That was that was that same trip, wasn't it? Transmission. Was it the trans? No, the alternator. What was it? Yeah. Why did we have it? Oh yeah, yeah. In the expedition. Yeah, in the expedition. Yeah. So yeah. we got a late start. We were supposed to start like early, early afternoon, mid morning, kind of, kind of time frame, and uh, that would have put us right at our camp at sundown. Well, we got delayed for hours. So we got on the trailhead, and it was like one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were already starting pretty late, and it was fall. I think it was September, right? Wasn't it September or October? Maybe it was October. And uh, yeah, we got out. We got a late start, and we're like, "No, we can do this." And there were two options: we could either go like eighteen miles one way, and um, or we could go up and over Buckskin Pass. And it takes us like eight hours or something like that. Which <laughs> so yeah, like, Buckskin yeah. Buckskin Pass is a mountain in itself. It's like climbing a mountain because it's a uh, its elevation. I think is somewhere twelve thousand some hundred foot pass. Yeah, oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's over twelve. But it's like the elevation is meaningless. Like, it's the it's the elevation gain that you have to get the elevation yeah. profile yeah. for how much. Well, you have what does to climb. it start at? What does Maroon like? I think it's like eight or nine thousand feet. So eight to okay, nine yeah. to twelve. So it's a, it's a jaunt yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. you're like you're like whoa. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A, so, yeah. a lot of elevation gain. Not a lot of going fast, but it got dark quick. And then uh, we're we're navigating this trail at night. And it's like, if you navigate by your headlamp, it's a really weird feeling. Like your brain just kind of starts, you're in flight or flight mode. So your brain starts just like making stuff up. You're seeing shadows and, and movement and stuff like that. So you're already, I won't say, you're, you're on edge because your your body's naturally in that high response zone and then all of a sudden we start hearing coyotes and there's like two packs of them one on this side of your ears one on this side of your ears and then as we're moving we hear them shifting with us and they're just calling back and forth to each other and they're traveling along the trail side with us and we're like oh my goodness (laughs) like (laughs) oh man although coyote like i'd rather like a hundred times 
hundred times I would rather I would rather run into coyotes on the trail than any other animal really. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're really timid animals. Like they're like they're like inquisitive. Like if especially in, and at those times of the years, like where they get like territorial or whatever, then they get like, Oh, what's going on here? You know, and, and they get like you know, I, I would say like super confident, but they're like, Hey, what's in here and I need to figure this out kind of stuff but a lot of the other times if you run up run into them they're like they're gone instantly yeah. you know what I mean you, you can scare them pretty yeah, well they're, they're not messing with you and you yeah. you at least have a fighting chance against a dog you yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah when, it, when it comes to mountain yeah. lions bears or moose like you're you're just done <laughs> yeah I've actually heard moose are like some of the worst to run yeah. into. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're the yeah, worst. Yeah. Oh, like, you do not want to see. Like, bears, especially in Colorado where it's black bears, it's like, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you're, they're not going to attack you. You'll be okay. Oh, yeah. You yeah. see a moose on the trail and it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, Jurassic Park 1. It's like, move away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't let him yeah. see you or smell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, moose, right? I, yeah. I have the craziest story. Okay. Okay. So, it involves me and Travis <laughs> and we ended up having to tell my mom through the news article that this was not us <laughs> okay because it sounds like something that would happen to us but yeah it wasn't so one weekend uh because we we obviously like backcountry but we also like resorts right so there's there's four resorts in aspen snowmass and one of them is highlands right so you get to the top of highlands and you, and, um, you can hike all the way up to the top of uh highlands bowl right the bowl and then from the bull, you can actually follow the ridge line, and it goes all the way out to uh, conundrum like uh, um, pyramid, right? Well, anyways, there's a a a snow field or like a big bull on the way towards the maroon bells that that um, is called maroon bull, right? And it's a little bit off the top, but it and you gotta t- take a good hike. Well, anyways, Travis and I snowboard one weekend. And it was actually like only four days. Well, we snowboarded it. We snowboarded Maroon Bowl, and it's just—I mean—beautiful snow. And and the year was just getting pounded. Like the whole ridge line was just getting pounded uh, with snow. Yeah. And, and we snowboard down, and we're like, man, this is the greatest run. And you get down all the way down to the road, and you got to hike yourself out from uh, from the road. Well, anyways, four days later, these uh, four kids—was it three or four? I think it was three three kids well anyways these three kids uh go to maroon bowl and they get caught in an avalanche right yeah. one got buried broke his ribs one got pinned up against a tree and hurt his leg and one guy self-rescued himself and uh, was okay <laughs> they uh, get all the way down to the road right and one of them, the one that's okay is like well i'm gonna go um to the to the ranch and, and which is just down the road and say hey we need to get these snowmobiles and we need to like help these out while he is traveling down the road a moose appears oh no and attacks the two kids that were on the road oh, right man. not once not twice but three separate times that that these kids Holy. just get like wrecked by this moose i mean like total just stop uh, uh, the one kid that was like okay like had more injuries due to the to the moose well anyways you know it was probably about an hour by the time the snowmobiles got there yeah uh, 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 
they were like, dude, we got to get out of here because of a moose. And he's like, they're in worse <laughs> conditions. You know, I can't imagine what that kid said, like, when he got there, when he got back to his buddies. And he's like, whoa, you guys look way worse than what I remembered, you know? <laughs> it was crazy. But, oh, yeah, man. moose are not to be to be messed with. No. And we've, we've been out there a couple of times, once, once with Timmy Kessel. And, okay. like, this moose was just acting, like, possessed. Like, yeah. He, he didn't see us, and he didn't, like, I don't think he smelled us, but, like, the dude just was, like, you know, just, like, throwing <laughs> his head and, like, running through trees and running through mud and just <laughs> didn't care. They're, they're a strange breed of animals, you know? Yeah. But, and I think why moose attacks are so prevalent is if you don't know that, most people, they see a bear. And yeah. it's, like, it doesn't matter if you've heard zero bear stories, you... <laughs> get away yeah you're a terrifying creature yeah moose people think deer and elk and like oh it's so so beautiful it's a majestic creature it's like that (laughs) thing will kill you (laughs) yeah yeah and they're huge they're really huge that's what i've heard and my wife she grew up in northern idaho and they lived in this little um this little uh just subdivision kind of thing back in the woods like they had 10 acres and they had two moose that lived in this like neighborhood in this area and and they would all always see the moose in their yard and everything and it just became kind of a nuisance but like she grew up knowing that you don't mess with moose obviously because of all the stories and and her mom actually my my wife's mom's from northern british columbia so they have bears and moose and and they own a bunch of farmland up there and so they've always been around that kind of that kind of atmosphere right well anyways i think they would just like shoot the moose with like bb guns or try to just provoke get, it just, oh yeah. just, <laughs> i think yeah. i think that was uh i think my wife's uh brother would would probably be doing that more so he he seems to be that one he's got paintball guns first time i actually met my wife's brother um i kind of like let him do a little little hazing of me he's younger than me but i figured out i'll earn his respect right yeah. so the first thing he, he did was um, line me up like 10 yards away took like a paintball gun that's like souped up it was like a rifle and just shot me point blank not, not once but twice <laughs> we, used, we used to do that when we were kids too it was yeah. so much fun that was always a, if somebody wanted to play paintball with us that's yeah. what we would do we'd be like have you ever been shot by a paintball no so you'd go set them by a tree <laughs> you go about 20 feet away and you shoot them a couple times so that they yeah. know what to expect and if, if they can take it then they can play but if they can't then it's like yeah. yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to ruin the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, moose. I I don't know what's about them. Even when I've been hunting, like I've been, we there was one time when uh, a friend of mine, Josh, and I came up on a moose and we thought it was an elk, and it was like maybe fifteen feet away, and we were like in through some trees, and that thing like wasn't afraid. Like yeah. it didn't move off, it didn't run away. It was literally just staring us down. Where it was like, I see you, and I don't care. We're, we're like, if you come up on an elk or even like in a lot of deer, I mean, in Aspen deer are really weird because they're like, they're almost like dogs. They're oh, just, yeah. they're like super friendly, but uh, elk will run away instantly as soon as they see you or as soon as they hear you. Uh, but an elk, uh, but a moose, not so often do they like hightail it out of there. And it doesn't matter even away from Aspen. I've, I've come up on some moose where they're like, they stand their ground and they're like, literally, dude, if you, if you. If I'm if I get into a bad mood in the next like thirty seconds, I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's so weird, you know. It's, it, it, you'd think that they would be like afraid of you. You would think but, so, yeah. just like everything else, but they're not. Yeah. There was uh, it was a couple years ago too, right? Um, there was like the 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 animals around Aspen really are weird. Like 
a, a lot a lot of other well, places where the humans in Aspen are also a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't know if I saw that uh, Prozac in the water, you know, and that they drink it, you know, from all those rich guys. You yeah, know, take a Prozac and then it gets into the water, and I don't know. It yeah. could be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Working, working theory. We're starting rumors right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, there was a were two little boys that were uh, I think it was out out by Berlin game like the subdivision that we were working in. Well, anyways, there's a uh, two little boys that were sitting outside playing, and a mountain lion jumps over the fence and grabs one of the little boys, like one of the brothers, by the head and starts dragging it across the backyard. The other kid like gets up, runs into the house, and like yells to his mom like cat 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 you know yeah and her mom the mom comes out beats the cat off of her son <laughs> right the cat jumps oh, over man. the fence and they and i think it was like the next day where like the fishing game went out after it and they yeah. found it like less than a less than a half a mile away really like, it Still literally stalked the kid like grabbed the kid jumped over the fence because it got like like you know the flipping tar beat out of him yeah it and then only went a half a mile away wow Jeez. yeah it was nuts there's so many crazy animal stories that happen in Aspen. I think there was like, even this year, like there was a black bear that attacked somebody like in Aspen too. And really with a black bear, as long as you give it some space, even the bears that come into town. One time we were working on this construction site and I, I pull up in, I pull up into my truck and I jump out of the truck and uh, I go into the, into the lot and he's like, did you see the bear? And I went, what bear? It's like the one in the apple tree. There was literally a bear up an apple tree oh right by God. the right by where I parked my truck, and I didn't even see it. And it wow. really, as long as you, as long as you give it its space and yeah. you don't like pester it, they shouldn't bother you. Yeah. Uh, but there's still weird like circumstances where where people act just like idiots, you know. And then all of a sudden, these weird, crazy stories uh, of you know of bears like grabbing onto ladies purses and you would know, you say drag people down the street happened would you say like in aspen it's it's from all the tourism that like you get some crazy people in there that don't know how to handle bears like when you go to national parks and you see people just taking selfies with like a buffalo and yellowstone or something and, uh, and i'm oh, thinking yeah. like what are you doing yeah. that's part of it i think for sure yeah. i think the other part of it is if you see those valley towns a lot it's rough terrain around aspen so you have a valley and a river i mean it's habitable for humans that's, that's also where animals like to be as well and they get a little bit domesticated just a little bit yeah it's kind of like a deer that are in residential areas they're usually calmer they're more used to people um same thing with any wild animal but it doesn't remove the wild animal part of them so they might get comfortable yeah being being in the city around people yeah. but if you poke a bear with a stick it's still gonna be a bear yeah <laughs> i remember one time we were going out to eat one night in aspen and there was just a bear roaming the streets and there's like it's what's funny about it is people are like following the bear around with their camera phones to take oh, yeah. pictures of it i remember we checked the news the next day and it was uh didn't it end up like in a hotel or an apartment complex oh yeah yeah it went, went into the hotel <laughs> yeah that was crazy Oh, the weird, the weird thing was, is were, were we at the the, the ISIS theater? Or yeah. Were we, yeah. Okay. I think we came out of the theater and saw it, and then I think we went over to the Lake Crepe area, which is like 
down in this little I still, hole. I still can't believe the and ISIS and theater the, is named the ISIS yeah, theater. Like, I was just, just thinking, like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, it's, we better clarify that. Yeah, when he told me about it, he's just like, oh yeah, the theater. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what's that sign that says ISIS on it? And he's like, that's just the name of the theater. People in Aspen won't change anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think ISIS is some Egyptian name. Yeah, like a, probably. Like a, yeah. yeah. Well, well, anyways, yeah. We came out of the movie theater, went to the like Crepieri and uh, uh the bear like walked right past like the opening. <laughs> they like, like we didn't care. We were like, it's a bear, but everybody else like loses their minds. But I think it's <laughs> it really has to do with a whole lot of like touristas out there, you know, where they're like, I'm here to see the sights. You know, I got my brand new Patagonia hat on and uh, my you know Patagonia shirt. How on. cool would it be to post a picture pants. on my Facebook with <laughs> yeah. a bear? Now that I'm in Colorado, <laughs> yeah. my friends will think it's so cool, and I'll get a bunch of likes. And oh my gosh, I'm dead. Don't yeah. you love that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just the- that's how I feel like in the in the modern era. That's how most of those stories start with oh, that with that mentality of yeah. oh wait I'm gonna do this for the gram yeah I'm gonna take a, a selfie off a cliff and, <laughs> and I don't know how people end up falling but it seems to happen at the Grand Canyon and everywhere oh, it's just yeah. ridiculous yeah. but oh um, we went up to we went to Angels Landing one time uh, Travis and I did like in Zion and you get up to the top of the cliff face and there's literally like a hundred baseball hats like lining <laughs> the side of the hill and travis and i are like jumping down and like collecting some stuff because we we obviously have some experience yeah. there was a brand new pair of um what, what, what were they ray-bans that no i way. jumped down yeah, to this right. cliff i down climbed this cliff grabbed a, a pair of ray-bans and a hat and jumped back up the cliff and i was like these people are just idiots <laughs> like just Bringing brand new Patagonia hats and you know losing them over the edge, and you can just hear them like being like, "Ah, oh, dang it!" You know, because they're not gonna they're not gonna down climb it. It was funny the response that we got from all the other tourists that are watching because Angels Landing. I mean, that was probably the most tourist trip that we've ever done. Really was was oh, yeah. there's so many people. Yeah, so we're we're up there on the climb, and Jeremy's just going around collecting treasures, and you see people watching. They're just like. I would never do that. Like the, it's it, the Angel's Landing's nuts. I wonder if the video works. I mean, we can we can post a picture of what this thing looks like. I think it is. It's some pretty crazy exposure, especially for uh, yeah. people who aren't used to those kinds of climbs. I mean, there was a lot of it's like ants climbing up that thing, but there was at least five people that were just cowering in the corner crying because it's really like, yeah oh yeah because it's wow. uh there's some precarious spots it's very safe i mean there's yeah there's chains you can hold on to and the uh the route is stable because it's well maintained but it's you know if you're not used to that kind of exposure it's uh it's not gonna be a good time <laughs> yeah yeah and that was the same day that we we ran it like we ran to the top and then we ran all the way back down and people were like just freaking out like we were there were people like holding on to these chains yeah. and Travis is literally bounding over the top, ping, yeah. ping, ping, like boulder to boulder oh, all the way down. And these people were just like awestruck. And they were like, literally people, it's not that it's, bad. It's just, yeah. it's just leg day. It's yeah, just leg it's just day. Leg yeah. Day. yeah. Cause it's very stable. I mean, that's the, the biggest thing about mountaineering in general. Cause we do a lot of scrambling in oh, Colorado. Yeah. So you have a lot of loose talus fields. Uh, okay, so yep. when you're climbing that, it's not only is it trying to technically find your route, there's also the, there's also the stability aspect of it. Yep. Some rocks are more stable than others. If you've got stable rocks, man, you can hop around like a mountain goat. But yeah. If you got loose rocks, it's like it'll, it'll break your ankles. Yeah. My first experience on like a Telus field was um, just outside of Missoula a little bit, a little ways. Um, like it was off a nine mile road, it's called. But like my first experience was with Ashley and she's been on Telus fields like crazy. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, 
are her dogs gonna like make it like i i didn't even know what like this was new to me <laughs> right and she's like no this is perfectly safe just find find the right path and like just uh, look out for loose rocks obviously watch out when someone's walking ahead of you obviously since there might be some rocks falling but it's pretty pretty safe i mean yeah if, as long as oh, you yeah. stick to your route and everything but it reminds me of uh fishing in north dakota where yeah. you kind of it's like especially over by like uh the Skakawea area yeah so if you're by the dam you kind of hop down the rocks to get to the water and yeah we always do that as kids we'd do more hopping around on rocks than I know. fishing. yeah you look at the stuff you did as kids and you're like climbing mountains is like as a kid would have been probably really easy like <laughs> right just, yeah oh yeah, yeah. climb over anything <laughs> yeah ex- exactly and i think as like a little kid like you there's like no I think when you when you're in like grade school, I personally where I had like no limit. Yeah, you don't. I can never ever went, got to a spot where I was like, man, I'm like ridiculously tired or like I'm winded. I yeah, just right, kept going, right. You know. Yeah. I wonder how it would be like to like put like a five year old like either I'm not saying five but maybe like a ten year old up on one of those mountains and see how he does. So I and did make it a game because if you make it a game, those kids oh, don't they care. Think it's fun. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that on the Manitou Incline in Manitou Springs, uh-huh. um, where it's it's literally just. I think it's 1,000 feet elevation gain over one mile, and it's just railroad ties that are stacked. So it's basically like climbing a stairway of doom for a mile straight up. It's amazing. <laughs> but uh, that's also a very well-trafficked area, and, I mean, I've seen kids that are like five, six years old, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're running up these things, and their parents are like, stop! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Panting, keeled over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. Kids have like no con- – it's like their lungs just – grow into having limits like they have no limits yeah. until you're about like 14 and then all of a sudden you show up to soccer practice and you're like man i'm out of shape <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it might just be as their brains develop too i don't know like maybe we just don't have that switch that that tells us they're so tired. that would be that would be mean, really interesting to yeah. look into and actually. that's just theory i guarantee it's not right but it could be you never know <laughs> you never know um but yeah like i, I watch kids all the time like since I've been I've been a substitute teacher for a little bit, just just here and there, and like kids don't stop. They don't have an off button, and yeah. they don't have an off yeah. button yeah. like when we coach th- them after school. They don't have an off button then either. <laughs> I think a really big part of it is uh, it's probably the development of the lungs compared to body weight. So oh, it's yeah. like so like a good example of that is if you lose ten pounds, you can increase your mile time by about a minute just because okay. you shut off that extra weight. Yep. So if you're a kid and you have your lungs are relatively developed and you're only like, you know, 45 pounds, you can just carry that body wherever and you're not going to get quite as fatigued. Okay. And then, but granted, you're not going to be as fast because you have less muscle tissue. And yeah, all that's, that. that's true. Yeah. You, need, you need to find that balance, that's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Well, you know, we, we keep telling us stories uh, Taylor, you got to tell us this. I, I think I've, I've heard of it. Okay. I, you know, I've heard your testimony on how you broke your back. Yeah. But yeah. you need to share with Travis. I don't think, I don't knows. think I've heard the story. You, you haven't heard I, it. I haven't heard this. Okay. Story. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, so I guess, uh, my freshman year of college, uh, I decided just to, to head South to, to Grand Canyon university in Arizona. And I was like all pumped to like, just, just be out of the house for a while. Right. And I was, I was excited just to go meet new people, do new things. And I, I had this plan to, um, I, w- I worked for an inner city organization coaching coaching uh, youth sports and like right in the heart of Phoenix. And it was an awesome experience, but I started missing uh, playing baseball. And I, I kind of ended on a high note. My senior year of baseball, I was like, man, I, I really want to do this in college. And I didn't have a lot of offers. I had some, 
but I knew Dickinson State was an easy choice for me to go back to. That's where I'm from, Dickinson, North Dakota. So I was like, I'm going to go back to Dickinson, play college baseball, and uh, and then pick up, like maybe go back to Arizona someday or something. That was my plan is to go coach after I, I actually finished my playing career. So um, at the semester in December, I ch- transferred back to Dickinson State. And uh, within three days, uh, I, I got back on my snowboard because it was obviously winter here. I went from like... 80 degrees to like negative five or something like that and we just had a a good amount of snow and I um since I lived right by where my dad owns a business um within like a quarter of a mile we have for business from my house um I was able to rent or use their bobcat to build like kickers jumps and uh, I'd build them out of snow and and for some reason I just I just kept doing crazier and crazy things like we would try jumping cars and like and have like video of it you know just just stupid stuff you do like as an 18 year old that like I think like we say kids like aren't afraid of anything I think I developed a little bit later and I didn't develop like fear until I actually had something serious happen the invincibility complex you know know, and I I think that's what what happened to me but anyway so I I was doing all these crazy videos and stuff and we pull each other on um like a Polaris Ranger Mm -hmm. pull pull a snowboard on the back and I'd, I'd get enough speed to go down this hill and hit hit these jumps. Anyways, I built this one and I was super excited about it. It was just like, it was probably a 20-foot kicker, but in my backyard, that's, that's pretty big compared to anything yeah. <laughs> like w- besides a resort. Obviously, you get much bigger kickers. But um, So I built this thing and I don't know, like I was, I always pray before I like go off jumps or do any, any type of terrain park stuff just because like if it's something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing, I want like that check in my spirit or whatever. Right. To to say, hey, um, hold off on this for a little bit. <laughs> Try something else or do something else. And um, got my dad out to watch and everything. And and I knew I wasn't supposed to be hitting this jump this day. And I think it, like I had done leg day before for getting ready for baseball and stuff. So I was really sore and I was just like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, what am I doing? But my dad was out there got to make dad proud right (laughs) which i'm pretty sure he was shaking his head the whole time anyways um so i tell my friend uh his name's caleb i told him just just gun it like because i needed to get enough speed to hit this jump and so he got it going probably 25 30 miles an hour with his polaris and um i i get off this jump like go off the jump clean and then mid-air i start like doing like a a half backflip and like I'm not one for really liking to flip off of jumps or anything unless there's like an ex- extreme amount of powder or something that I'm landing into and I just remember blacking out midair I was like this is not gonna end well and then I blacked out and when I woke up like it was like I came to like a second later and I was on the ground just on my back and my helmet was cracked my goggles were off and I was like yeah I, like I knew I could move like I could move my legs and everything which was like a miracle in itself but I knew something happened to my back and so like like um I, we called the ambulance my dad got everyone to to rush over here and i just remember being in like sheer panic like at first like like the, the first instant like i knew i was hurt and then once the ambulance got there i was kind of in panic i was like did i injure anything inside like internally or anything i was just kind of freaking out and uh they did x-rays rushed me to bismarck and i i realized like i fractured my t11 t12 vertebrae Ugh. um and they told me like we're gonna do an MRI in the morning, um, but you're most likely gonna need to rush into surgery in the morning after that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be starting a college baseball career. Like I came back for this, and and uh, 
uh, it's just it was it was crazy because like everything like in a moment it was it was basically gone um went through like a seven or eight hour surgery um had two rods up my back they it's like probably like a foot long like scar that i have and everything and they basically gave me the same surgery that you'd get for scoliosis mm-hmm. but um the, the cool thing is i had a little bit of scoliosis so they fixed that right up with it so <laughs> hey silver so, lining yeah. so my balance my balance improved right away but but yeah so <laughs> um with, with that i i mean i i was told by the doctor right away like after i got out of surgery he's like you're not gonna play any competitive sports again um you're gonna have to take it easy you're, you're lucky to not be paralyzed they showed me the the like uh, original x-rays and i had like a paper t- thin like slice um that could fit between like my vertebrae and my spinal cord like pushing against it and so like i was i was real close to being paralyzed oh, so I, I was lucky to be walking um but i i, I didn't want to take what he said it to heart because like uh, i've been through surgeries before i had surgery on my elbow when i was an eighth grader and they told me i wouldn't be pitching again and things like that and mm-hmm. and and i was able to prove them wrong so i didn't take what he said like to heart i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna prove him wrong and so three weeks later i go back um, this doctor that I had that did my surgery and everything, he actually left to go to Sioux Falls or somewhere around in South Dakota, like, and he moved completely. So I had a new doctor and this guy, like three weeks later, I just like went with the best attitude ever. Like I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a good report today. He told me like, you're going to be playing or be able to practice baseball and start lifting weights within like a month. And like all these crazy things he's just telling me I was going to be able to do. And I was like, are you serious? Are you, are you sure? Like I was told I'd never play again. And, uh, and like, to me, like that was just like that prayer I needed or that, that was answered because I was like, this is basically why I moved back to North Dakota. Like if I knew I was going to get hurt and not be able to play baseball again, I just stayed in Arizona and right. not play in right. the first place and not have any hardware in my back. Um, yeah. but it, it ended up being, it was true. And like, I did this stupid thing like a week later after hearing that I still, I was in a back brace for about a month and a half. Um, I decided like, I'm going to go prove everyone wrong and like just prove something to myself. So I went to the local little ski resort in Mandan Huff Hills. I was like, I'm going to get on a snowboard today and snowboard. Well, I, well, I just got out of like a month out of surgery. I'm going to go <laughs> at least do, do one run, you know, like if I fall, it was probably, probably pretty bad, but, um, I just, I made sure that I, I just did one run and I was like, I'm going to just go do this to prove to myself that I'm not afraid. Like to me, getting fe- back on the horse, yeah. you know? Like fear is one of the the biggest dictators of what people do in life. It it, it causes you so much, like it it basically changes direction for people if they if they start getting fear full about different circumstances. And I was like, I gotta prove to myself right now that I'm not gonna be afraid of this. And I mean, within a year, I was obviously back snowboarding full full capacity and everything, and playing baseball. So I was able to play college baseball, um, and I was able to to get back on the snowboard and then to this day like I don't have pain like I don't know within a year I was, I was weightlifting again and like like more than I had ever ever done um only thing I I kind of uh like don't go so hard on is like squats Any, right. in, yeah. anything that anything puts too, that, much, yeah, too pressure. much pressure on the spinal but column yeah like that that's my story I mean like to me um the biggest outcome out of that was um first of all I, I can overcome anything I feel like like when when you have a serious injury and you overcome something, it definitely gives you confidence that you can handle anything life throws at you. Um, but another thing was like my faith in God was str- strengthened because during that time, like 
the first two weeks I was super, super depressed, like just down. Um, and like, I, I just, I just knew that like, this is not how I, how I'm going to get better. If I, if I'm always down and like thinking why me, nothing will change. Right. So, so when I went to that doctor's appointment, that's when the switch flipped and I was like, I'm going to go with a good attitude today and just, just go expecting something great to happen. And here I am today. So it's, it's a good, it, I mean, to me, like it's, it's one of my like favorite things that's happened in my life, even though it was so bad because a, a year after it, I met my wife, Ashley, like in, in class in, in Dickinson. Um, so if I wouldn't have come back to Dickinson, I wouldn't be married right now or anything like right, that, you right. know, like I'd, my life would be different completely. So there's a lot of good things that came out of it. Um, I think the conquering fear aspect of it is so important because like you said, you wanted to get out there as soon as you could to prove to yourself that you could overcome that. And I think that the the biggest mistake that people make in scenarios like that is they put it off. And when you let fear fester yeah. and it, it continues on for a long period of time, it grows in size exponentially. Yeah. So the longer you wait in order to face that fear, the longer you're thinking about it and the more you think about it over and over and over again and you reevaluate it and reevaluate it and you obsess over it. Yeah, for sure. The chances or the, the obstacle that you have to get over in order to conquer that fear is going to be that much bigger. Yeah. So the sooner you can get back on the horse, the easier it's going to be to get over it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, like I, like I always say, I, I wouldn't change anything with my life. I think that was, it was a blessing. And I think it definitely taught me that like what you're saying, you gotta, you gotta get back on the horse right away. And don't let fear grow. Right. Don't let it grow. So. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll it'll paralyze you. Yeah. But that, that just means that, like, now that we're doing this and everything, we're going to be snowboarding this winter. We're going to be doing some crazy stuff because that's, like, what the three of us are passionate about. So. Yeah. I was actually, I was just in Red Lodge. First time I've ever been to Red Lodge when there's not snow on the ground was, uh. Uh, was last week. And uh, I, I just knew right away yeah. that there's going to be, we're going to be renting a cabin. We're going to take the mics with us. We'll have a, a snowboarding winter podcast. We have to. In yeah. Montana. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. We have to. Red Lodge in the summer, though, by the way. It's, it's incredible. Really, really cool hiking. Yeah. Uh, really awesome area. It, it, what's bizarre is like I didn't even recognize it when I drove into town. Like, <laughs> I've been here like maybe a hundred times. And I'm like, this is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> this is so weird. I've been up to Red Lodge, um, I think, twice in the summer. Yeah. Um, just driving through Beartooth Pass. Like, you can go to Yellowstone oh, yeah, yeah, Pass, yeah, the pass yeah, or you awesome. can come back. But um, the first uh, year that Ashley and I were dating, we actually went to Beartooth Pass. Um, and I vowed I'd never take a girl to Yellowstone, like, the year before and ended up in Yellowstone. So, never say never, Any, anyone who's listening. But the, the thing we actually planned on doing uh, was snowboarding up there because they have a winter or a summer ski area up there where like Olympic athletes train. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that driving yeah, through there. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it, it actually is a lot of fun. It's all T bars. So you're just worn out by the end of the day. <laughs> but it's steep. Like you sign your life away when you go there and everything. It's just a, it's, yeah. it's a unique experience that and uh, Mount hood I've done. Oh um, yeah. Have you ever I been out to Mount Hood? No, and Mount Hood is not doing the summer. Yeah. yeah, so it, in in the summer it gets like really slushy, but it's so cool, like because they have camps there, so all these kids are out there, and you got you got the lifts there, so you're not you're not on a T bar all day, but that's a little bit more resort like. Travis is anti T bar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't get along with T bars. Yeah, that was my first experience, and I was like, like why would anyone? Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would rather I would rather hike than take a T bar most days. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, obviously there's like certain areas, like why they choose to put those things in still. I think the one, right, like when we were in Whistler, yeah, and it's just like a T bar here, <laughs> really, like a T bar. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm impartial on it. I just want to ride. Yeah, it helps me out. Whatever, whatever you, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my favorite runs uh, in in uh, it's Schweitzer Resort in Sandpoint, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got a T bar that leads up to it because it takes you to the very top of the mountain. So you ride lifts all the way up, and then it's just this short little stretch of a T bar. Um, but like that's the one T bar like I'm I'm sold on. It's it's not very steep or anything, so you're you're not too worn out by the end of it. But it's just. It's kind of weird on a snowboard, even grabbing a T yeah. bar. T bars are made for skiers. Yes, yeah. oh that's for, for sure. sure. It's yeah. like it is. It's a little bit of an art form to to master yeah. the T bar. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, oh. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that the T bar itself. Well, why? You know, <laughs> like the who, who the person that came up to it with it we have to figure out who who that was and then write him a letter and say i know who you it was failed at your job who was it it was a skier <laughs> <laughs> and it was someone who hates snowboards <laughs> oh yeah i bet the first place was uh was alta yeah yeah no skier, uh, no snowboards allowed it's like we don't have lifts anymore it's all it's all t-bars yeah. screw you snowboards we have the best snow in the country but we're gonna not let you even go on it if you have a snowboard so <laughs> i have a shirt uh, obviously alta is a it for you for you guys that don't know, Alta is a skiing only uh, ski resort, right? So no snowboarding. Uh, I have a t-shirt, uh, and it was like it was a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago, uh, where they made the Alta snowboarding team. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. Anyways, I got a, I bought a t-shirt from them because I was like, this is epic, you know. It, it was pretty cool. It had like the Alta logo on it, something yep. like that, and. Obviously, if you if you go to Snowbird, that's pretty cool. Uh, I I'm a pretty big fan of Brighton. Okay, Brighton, it's a yep. small resort, you know, no T bars or whatever, but it's all everything's pretty small. But it's pretty good. That whole that whole like Salt Lake City snowboarding scene is is really weird. Oh man, I know it's got some crazy backcountry lines where you where you can go up some couloirs that are just like ridiculously yeah. long. Be like, well, this spine that I'm on like lasted forever, but it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a different, different thing. Not but, a lot of trees, right? Or yeah, not no, not not a whole it's lot just of trees. Rocky, yeah, it's rocky. I, I've drunk, dri- driven through Park City in January, and there was no snow. Like it was two years ago, 2018, I think, maybe it's, a year ago. That's another one of those resorts where where like the town doesn't have very much snow. Yeah, but like the, the mountain when you ride on it, it's gets you get back like, up there. It, it's it. Aspen's a lot of that same thing okay. where like the town doesn't like the town itself doesn't really get swamped in very much because of the whole across from the from like Aspen proper like downtown Aspen like yeah. where the resort is at um, on the other side of the valley there's Red Mountain and it's just like looks like scoria and it's red right and um, I wonder why wonder yeah. why they named it Red <laughs> it Mountain heats up yeah it <laughs> yeah, heats seriously. up it heats up um and there's like no snow over there, at, like a, a majority of the season. Like you can go there for the X Games or whatever, and people are like, "Huh?" Like I see bare dirt. <laughs> yeah, but up on top, like you can get up to the top of, you can get up to the top of Highlands, and there, I mean, there's good three feet of snow, like a, of powder up in the yeah, trees. It's just it's an elevation great. thing, huh? Yep. So it's just an elevation thing. Yeah. yeah. What's What's your favorite resort that you ride? favorite resort i think that uh i think whistler took that one this oh, year. oh whistler yeah uh, you guys yeah, were talking pretty, about that a while back i know and 
you guys ended up doing it this winter, huh? Yeah. You know, there's it um it for me the snowboarding resort I think has to do with with the experience, like who you're there with. That's and true. like what yeah. you're doing, you yeah. know, it has it has has a whole lot to do with, because obviously, for for me personally, the best snow that I've ever ridden was was in Jackson, you know, by far. Yeah, that's yeah. that's number two for me for sure. Is Jackson number two? Yeah, yeah. they like, get hammered with snow every year. Yeah, and their yeah. terrain is so diverse. Um, yeah, and it's it's a little bit more contained. It's like Whistler. It's huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. Yeah, I mean, we would get like four runs in a day. I mean, we were yeah. there for a week, but you'd get like four runs in a day. It's really? just that huge. Yeah, it's that. And if you were to go peak to peak to base, I mean, you'd probably get two runs in. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. you'd get one run in, go eat lunch, get another run in, and then you'd be done. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nuts, especially with how we ride because we're everywhere. You know. Yeah. Um, it. The, the snow quality in each rep- each place is really weird and trying to I like the names it, I like the names that they have for, yeah. for the snow you, you know Do they? With, with what you call it uh, so obviously you go to Colorado and they call it champagne powder right yep. and really it's wet to, to, to be 100% honest it, there's a lot of wet snow that happens yeah, in Colorado yeah it's dense it's real it's, heavy yeah it's heavy um, on a nice like super cold day like it gets like you know like granularly you know in champagne i would say right then you get up to you know um you get up to like montana where it's like the the like the cold smoke cold right smoke. yeah cold you always hear that at bridger <laughs> yeah you know then you, you know then you get up into like canada and you have like a goose down like it literally yeah. looks like it looks like down feathers it's <laughs> so weird and uh and and really I would have to say it comes back down to the same experience thing because the first time I had ever done backcountry was in Jackson and I got off this, uh, you know, hiked up, um, got out of this, like, 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 you know, like, um, what I would say is like basically a, a small, like little goat trail and I got off into it and I sunk, I, I stepped, put on my snowboard and got off this little trail thing and, and like immediately sunk up to my neck <laughs> in snow. And I was just like, you know, a little bit of fear pops in because you're like, oh no, this is the real deal. And then all of a sudden you just like lean back and then you float to the top and you're just like, oh my word, this is nuts. And then all of a sudden you're hooked, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Canada is the same thing, you know, where it's just so light and fluffy. I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I what, don't know how that, like what the different qualities come together to make certain snow the way it is. Exactly. Cause it, really the temperatures are, uh, are a lot the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It has to just do with moisture content. You know, I don't know, but it, as much as a scientist that we are with snow, because like literally I, I'll get out the magnifying glass and the, and the little, in the sheet for telling like grant grant grain sizes and other things for avalanche and stuff. Yeah. When you're doing your avalanche, protocol but um even at, even so like there's so much science behind it and like why these crystals form e- yeah each time it's in so certain weird. ways yeah, in yeah. certain ways in certain wow. places and then it affects your your ride especially when it comes to powder days it's like a powder day uh in wet snow in colorado so much different than a powder day in montana yeah, yeah. it's like i mean in in Mont- like the cold smoke it, it can actually be suffocating at times like if you've got a good powder day where it's you know past your knees yeah. and that stuff's flying in your face it feels like getting waterboarded <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've had that happen a couple times <laughs> and it's a weird feeling You're like what the heck why can't i breathe like you yeah. get that that panic response and that's actually the exact same response you get when you're being waterboarded 
Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's why I have a beard. It all just collects right here, and then eventually it just like covers my face. And so then I can just breathe through yeah. the beard. See, that's wow. why that's <laughs> yeah. why you always see those uh, yeah. those black ops guys, special forces guys. They all have beards, man. Protects yeah, yeah, you against yeah. against waterboarding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact. Yeah. That's a secret they don't want you to know. Yeah, we just we just discovered that. So yeah. <laughs> we're exposing secrets, government top government yeah. secrets. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that a knock at the door? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're shutting this thing down now. Um, yeah, I, I don't like exposing too many, like, uh, just resorts in general, too, but, or like, I guess resorts are going to have people no matter what, but, like, just ski areas in general. Like, um, my, my wife doesn't like me, like, letting anyone know, like, about my favorite ones that, like, uh, like a mass of people because she especially in Idaho like don't give away your secrets yeah like right, hiking yeah. trails or anything she, yeah. she's pretty particular about that I mean and I'm sure you guys have some that you, you like to keep to yourselves too just oh, because there's definitely places on mountains yeah like when we when like when we go to Highlands yeah. or I might, I might bleep to, out Highlands yeah, <laughs> yeah like in Aspen there's like cult followings if, if that makes sense you know yeah. where people like stick to one place or the other you know yep. like if you're if you're a tourist and you're coming to aspen like the most people go to aspen proper yeah oh, okay yeah uh then people will go like if you're there and you're experienced a lot of people will go to Snowmass, but the locals all go to highlands like i don't know yeah. there's really not a whole lot of locals that don't work in downtown that go that don't go to highlands okay i know people that work like that work like at the resort like at aspen proper like as ski patrol and then when they don't work they go to highlands <laughs> you know it's so weird but it's like the local spot but there are areas like that you can go that you can go like there's like some secret spots on on, on you know aspen highlands where where you don't tell people and i'll say one because there's some people that like created it or whatever and that try to make it like super like you have to be a local to know <laughs> which is like the willie nelson chair it's like yeah in the forest. screw them yeah screw you guys <laughs> I, to me to me like obviously i didn't grow up in aspen but i came there and i was a local right after a couple of years you become a local right but, yeah uh people like it's to me like all of a sudden they think like like for instance like on instagram there's the whole uh don't geotag you know don't yeah. geotag stuff and i'm like i'm like this i like want to beat my head against like a table because i'm like you guys are t a touristy town yeah for you sure. guys thrive on people coming to your town to yeah. go do these things so whip it out there so more people come yep like people are like well then they destroy like the trails and they destroy like the like the things that you run it's like this it's like at one point in time somebody showed you that trail like you didn't just go out there and be like hey i'm the first person to discover this <laughs> right like at, at this point in time everything that's in colorado has been discovered yeah <laughs> you know yeah except for maybe a couple little hidden spots you know yep i mean if you want to say like stuff like that like go discover another hidden gem there's some places off the... F and then don't post it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah like that's, don't post it That's on the Instagram. thing. Is it's like, it's kind of like... Because I, I understand it. I'm actually very commiserative with the whole, let's let's not turn all of our trails into Grays and Tories. You know? like, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, 
when you start posting pictures of it and saying, I'm not going to tell you where this is. It's like, this yeah. is my secret club and you're not invited. I'm so cool. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's like, okay. Quit, yeah, I'm, I'm anti that. The, the pretentious some... hipsters, you know? So yeah. it's like, if you want to, if you want to find a secret spot and keep it secret, you have to keep it secret. You can't yeah. be like, oh, look at, look at this thing that I have and I'm not going to share it with anybody. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like, it's like getting food. It's like, you, you, you know, your family's hungry and you go to a restaurant and you get food and you bring it home and then you sit down on the table and they're all like looking at you like are you gonna share and you just eat it (laughs) in front of them yeah yeah well we'll 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 share with you though yeah we'll take you we'll take you to aspen or someplace and show you our hidden secrets okay yeah Yeah. and then we'll we'll post it on instagram and tell everyone they're not invited (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but no resorts you know it's, it's an interesting thing like you can just do resorts a little bit different and you get away from the crowds. Yeah. I mean, even at places like Highlands, it's there's areas that people won't go to because it's difficult. And you can yeah. find that at every single resort where, you know, you're by the lodge and there's thousands of people and it's overcrowded and all the lifts near there are overcrowded. Yeah. But once you go three, four, some resorts, five or six lifts deep, the numbers start to thin. And yeah. then once you start doing some hiking on top of that, then you're there with like, like half dozen guys yeah. and that's it. And we do that at most places. Most places have, we call it side country. It's not back country. It's uh, technically not on the resort. So you take a lift to the end of the resort and then there's the gates that say, you may die or whatever it yeah. might be, or you're responsible for your own self-rescue. It's not patrolled. And you hike and yep. you can get all these fresh lines that only a few people will do throughout the day. Yeah. Those are those are the best. Uh, obviously, Aspen, there's a lot of areas where they're like, if you go out here, you're going to lose your pass kind of areas. But okay. if you know the locals, like the, obviously if you, if you are local and you know the ski patrol, like then they're just like, go oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's been some times where we've been, like, we've ducked through some lines and like some ski patrols are like, Hey, get back here. And then like you like, Hey dude, how's it going? And you're like, Oh, Oh, Hey, cool. And then they like wave to you and say, all right. Yeah. And yeah, you just go. We'll have to. We'll we'll save this for another podcast. But one day we're gonna have to tell the story about how Vail Resorts had to turn themselves back online to get us <laughs> off the. Home. Oh yeah, oh, we that were, was great. We were out in the side country a little bit too late, and we were like, I mean, I think we were six lifts deep. It was nuts. If we would have gotten stuck out, uh, I'm not gonna tell the story. Yeah, we, I'm gonna. We, I'm gonna wait. I mean, we're gonna save that story. Yeah, we're gonna tease a, it with. We were we were on. We we'll tease. We were on Vale's uh, back bowls by ourselves, snowboarding. Zero people around, and then we got to the front of the front of of Vale, and there was only a. It was just ski patrol. Three. It was yeah, like ski, ski patrol. That's it. No, no lifts running. No lift. No lift. They, they turn the lifts back on. Okay, for we'll us. leave yeah. it at that. We're yeah, gonna yeah, leave yeah, it at go. that. <laughs> it is because we are actually right at about an hour, and uh, I hope that the cameras are still recording. If not, you'll have video for some of it. You'll have it for maybe half of it, and then it'll go black. I have no idea, but we're gonna give it a shot. So, guys. Put your name, ideas in the comments, or send me a message. I want to get at least ten of them before we uh, before we make a decision on our name, just so we we make sure we've got a good one and that you guys you guys get involved. You're way more creative than we are, so we want to get your guys's names. So we will most likely be back here by about this time next week. Um, we're gonna get some more stuff figured out. Not have any technical issues. Knock on wood. This podcast will come out absolutely flawless and look and sound great. Let's go. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Nameless Podcast until you give it a name. Have a great week. 